Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Swanson Health, a company that I am happy to endorse personally because I use their high-quality vitamins and supplements daily to help maintain a fit body and mind. Swanson Health is the only company that offers a full spectrum of wellness products for mind, body, and home. From quality vitamins and supplements, to cruelty-free beauty items, to eco-friendly home products, Swanson Health is here to keep you healthy. They carry over 20,000 wellness products at a great value. That means you can pick up all of your favorite health products, plus discover new ones for your wellness routine, all the while leaving money in your pocket. Of especially good value are Swanson brand vitamins and supplements, which are crafted in the USA and made with unsurpassed purity and potency. Go to Swanson.com and check out their great products for yourself. Then use the code LIFE20 for 20% off. Once again, that's Swanson.com with the coupon code LIFE20. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Youth and Opportunity by Thomas Tapper, published in 1912. Most people are very content with the world they live in. Even the poor are often happy because what they have and what they think are equal. But the moment a person realizes that being poor limits them in many ways, they are no longer happy. They want other things. They wish to live on a better street to know people who are doing well. In other words, they want to be, quote, better off, as the saying goes. Now, any person can be better off if they desire enough to think of it persistently. And it is from this fact that we may learn about the mind and its use. If your mind has been thinking one kind of thoughts for many years, and you decide that you will have better things by thinking of them, you will find that new thoughts take the place of the old, slowly but surely, and following this change in thought, new and better things will replace the old, equally slowly but equally surely. A garden that has run to weeds for years will for a while continue to produce weeds even for the best gardener in the world. You may plow it and plant it with the seeds of a good crop, but weeds will persist, even though you pull them day in and day out. One day you may gain the upper hand, but the weeds will always be there lurking below the surface. Why is it so? Because the earth thinks two kinds of thoughts just as you and I do, plant thoughts and weed thoughts. Now, what you can do with the garden, you can also do with the mind. You can raise what you want, weeds or crops, recognizing that both weeds and crops are natural to your mind. When a crop of good thoughts is growing, 
you must still pull mind weeds with both your hands. The mind is thus not a mechanism that runs you. On the contrary, you can direct the mind if you so desire. You can picture everything you wish the mind to do. And if you persist long enough and hard enough, the mind will obey. Any fortune you may desire is yours. You have only to say to yourself, I will plant in my mind the seeds of fortune, of knowledge, of a desire to help others. And slowly but surely, these things will come to me if I keep on pulling up the weeds in my mind. Here another great lesson comes forth. Every one of us is beyond and above the mind, and we can make it obey. The moment you know this and cling fast to it as a truth, you are in a new world. Some people call it the world of new thought, but it is not. It is the oldest sort of thought that ever was. Every great individual has learned it, and every true person trusts it. And the reason for this is simple. The ideal of life is in our blood and never will be still. Sad will be the day for anyone when they become contented with the thoughts they are thinking and the deeds they are doing. When there is not forever beating at the door of the soul some great desire to do something larger, which they know that they were meant and made to do. It is you yourself, back of mind and body, that conceives what you want the mind to do for you, and it will do it. This shows how great a duty rests on the individual who truly owns their own mind. The mind itself is a gift of the Divine Spirit, but no command is laid upon you regarding what to do with it. If you have become mean or low or selfish, if you are given to hatred, anger, or revenge, your mind will raise just these crops and no other. But if you never forget that the mind is divine, it will give you divine things to have and to hold forever. Hence you must say to yourself, I am not a body, I have a body. If you insist on this point of view, you will in time learn to make the body as well as the mind obey you. When you know that the mind is your own, to direct as you will, then it is easy for you to see that the body is your own, to be used and directed in the same way. The truth is that you will succeed in life, just as you learn to do your work with mind and body as your great two servants. If you want to have a strong body, you must devote your thought to strength. If you want to be rich in material things, you must think and plan and work thoughts of riches. If you want to be of great use in the world, you must direct your thought upon utilitarian activities. Any or all of these conditions will come about if you keep on thinking about them. It sounds easy, does it not? And yet most people fail to master mind and body, although success depends on this very mastery. 
Why do they fail? There are certain things about the mind and body which must be understood early in life if we wish to succeed. In the years of childhood and youth, and before we know just what we want to do in the world, mind and body are full of strength and freshness. We use them with little or no thought. We do not realize that they are our servants, and come to believe, I am a mind and body. What they do, I am. But in fact, we should believe, I have a mind and body. What I do with them, I am. When this view of the matter is adopted, we then decide to be the master of ourselves. It looks simple, and we try to take control. But soon we discover that mind and body have become more or less automatic. They seem to act of themselves. We try to make them do what we wish. But in spite of our commands, they slip back into the old habit of machine-like action and we decide it is no use to try further. Every man and woman comes to this place sometime in life, and must decide either to be the ruler of mind and body, or yield to them and let them run their course. The successful women and men are those who, during this period, fight it out and win. The great horde of people who do not succeed in the world are those who give up this essential struggle. The person who owns an automobile understands that it will carry them where they want to go if the motor is always in good condition and they try their best to keep it so. When the gasoline tank is empty, they fill it again with gasoline because that is the food which the machine needs. They do not say, this time for a change, I will give my car some wonderfully fine wine instead of gasoline. They know that the motor would refuse to move with this liquid in the tank, for its nature is to be active only if it receives the proper fuel. Now, as I have said, we are divine thinking beings. We know that we can do our work with the proper nourishment but often we so far forget ourselves as to believe we can select anything we will for food and drink and still run the machine. Hence habits are formed that do not produce power. The first lesson then in regard to the body and its use is to learn what kind of fuel it needs in order to do the best work. So sensitive is the physical mechanism that one can tell in a moment whether it is being nourished or not. A sensible person soon learns what kind of gasoline makes the machine do the most work. When they are assured of this, the rest is easy. A motor runs best when it is kept clean in every part, seen and unseen. A good motor, fed with good gasoline, oiled with the best lubricant, and made clean every day, is a wonderful unit of power. It will respond to almost any demand and be efficient for years. So with the physical body, supply it with the proper fuel, healthy food and drink, keep it clean within and without, and the wonderful results that will come from it 
in use and endurance, make the best mechanical motor in the world look like a child's toy. There is one more thing to be said about mind and body, and then our understanding of them is as complete as the practical needs of daily life require. This refers to their relation to the world about us. The world in which we live offers countless temptations to both mind and body. The world of environment makes us crave things. The objects of environment beckon us. We want to see them, hear them, feel them, taste them, and it is often right that we should do so. But the person who wants to succeed in life knows that they must decide what the senses shall do. You must never permit them to decide for you. You must keep yourself in control and never give in when you should hold back. The moment you reach this point, you are a king in a kingdom. The mind is your prime minister. The body and the senses are your servants. The things of the world are yours for the asking. For you are a king and the people of the world are sacred to you, because you know that each one of them has just as much right to be king or queen as you do. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get the best of our podcast in heirloom hardcover or digital ebook by visiting inspirationallifelessons.com. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.